The swamp without a still is just a tent. A martini without olives doesn't quite make it. And Mash Minute is intended for mature audiences. Put on your headphones. Listen for the tone of your favorite podcast, Mash Minute. Well, it's a minute-by-minute detailed analysis. Of the movie without which the series wouldn't exist. Megan and Tierney, and guest will make three. Goddamn Army, MASH Minute. Welcome back to another Minute of MASH Minute. I don't think these things through ahead of time. <laughs> I'm Tierney Steele. I'm Megan Coleman. <laughs> And I'm Jennifer Lavasser, a curator at the Smithsonian's National Air and Space Museum. Woohoo! Welcome back. Thank you. Jennifer is with us once more. Today she's going to talk with us about Minute 95 of the film MASH, which begins with Hawkeye telling Trapper and Duke how he intends to help them win at football. And it ends with Duke's racism showing. Oi. <laughs> Major racism. <laughs> it's uh, it's going to be, it's going to be not fun. We're going to get racism, we're going to get sexism, but we are going to just hold on tight to the joy of realizing that this is the minute where we talk about Dr. Jones. <laughs> How yeah. sad is it I didn't catch that one? <laughs> I didn't catch it until doing the summaries for a podcast. <laughs> And I don't know if I ever would have caught it, except that I am a massive fan of the Indiana Jones Minute. That's how I knew who Jennifer was to ask her to be on this today. <laughs> and so when you type out Dr. Oliver Harmon Jones, you think, wait a minute. Yeah. Doctor. And, and like he says it twice, Dr. Oliver Harmon Jones. Yeah, it's, I have this funny, um, as a, a person that could be called a doctor, I and I don't often prefer that as my method of address, but it is appropriate for me. Dr. Lavasser, to me, it sounds, and it's the same thing with, uh, my kids go to a school in Virginia, uh, where we live, and one of their teachers has told them that they should use the term ma'am to reference adult women, which in the South is totally normal. For me, being a Yankee, which also comes up in this minute. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm from Michigan, so like being a Yankee, someone called me a Yankee when I moved here is feels very weird. So having, the, there are these certain terms like this that we use, these references to people that are either comfortable or not comfortable or normal and none of them to me really really feels like very good the doctor one is not one i go for dr jones sounds incredibly awesome i think if my last name was jones i would think it was really cool but i'm not the only doc i know there's lots of dr joneses out there i'm also not the only dr lavasser in my family so it's just and she's a medical doctor so mm. it's one of those like if i were a medical doctor and someone wanted to call me that that'd be fine being a phd it doesn't have quite the same ring to me <laughs> and i think knowing that there is a medical dr lavasser makes yeah. a difference too oh she it, which what's really funny is that she's uh she lives in in uh michigan she works at a children's hospital in in the detroit area and like this dr lavasser that dr lavasser ends up doing a lot of interviews on television <laughs> so i often wonder <laughs> has anybody made that made that crossover yet where they've gone this is a dr lavasser and that's a dr lavasser and do they have a connection yes in fact we do but yeah the 
doctor thing is a is a weird one. I, none of these people really go by that. So the fact that they refer to him as doctor, you know, like by his formal name like that is interesting. Yeah. Because then they very quickly transition to calling yeah. him something completely different. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's Hawkeye being silly to himself. Like he is making a joke that so far he is the only one who gets, which he does several mm-hmm. times and seems to very much enjoy. Yes. That might be a core Hawkeye trait is giggling at his own joke that no one else could possibly understand why it's funny yet. Is that possibly a Donald Sutherland trait too? Because I think that may carry over into other roles of his where he kind of has this, it's not quite a smile. It's kind of like a, it's like an internal acknowledgement. Yeah. Like, oh, the cleverness of me. (laughs) I like that. We get them talking. We get our reference to Dr. Jones. (laughs) <laughs> and and I we're going to address the obvious racism, but but can we talk about ball player first? Like, who calls a football player? Okay, yeah, I've because a ball player to me sounds like baseball. Yeah. Oh, Megan, I I'm listen sorry. to the podcast Effectively Wild, and there have been whole hour long debates on this very topic. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> whoa, 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 so I waded into controversy and didn't even know it. Is it just ball player? Is it just baseball? Because someone referred to a basketball player as a ball player. And oh, well, the that entire makes sense. world seemed to go like. But I wouldn't. No. I wouldn't say like. Okay, so yeah, so basketball. But I wouldn't say. I don't feel like anyone anymore, at least, calls football players like ball players no i mean unless maybe you're like in your 70s and that's what you're used to but then everyone's probably gonna think you're just crazy unless we're showing our yankee bias (sighs) maybe maybe i heard the person sitting in virginia (laughs) (laughs) Uh about it and i i have family in virginia and they feel very differently about college football than i do well i think college football is better than pro football but that's my own personal I well, I show my colors quite literally all the time. They're not the colors of the NFL team I tend to root for. I would push that even loosely. I I'm I'm a, Mich- a graduate of the University of Michigan, so um, you guys have I the bleed. best fight song. Yes, we do. <laughs> <laughs> so I bleed maize and blue. Um, it is part of my it is part of my family heritage. It is part. Hopefully, will be part of my children's lives at some point. Um, if they are. Smart. Don't tell my husband I said that. He went to work. Uh oh. Mixed marriage. Uh oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, it didn't really become relevant until a few years ago, but yes, college football is definitely always been a big part of my life um, going way back. In fact, when I was graduating high school, my grandmother, um, whose brother had gone to Michigan, I believe, and then two of her children went, and then I went. But when I was graduating high school and making a decision on college, I was flat out told I would be disowned if I went to Michigan State. Big no-no in our household. Don't think we have any family that went there. Well, some others we know, but we, we treat them with respect. We're at least from the same state. When you cross the border into Ohio, it really becomes a problem. That's, yeah. I have I worked with someone who was from Syracuse and had gone to OSU, and I just remember being like, do you want to go get a graduate degree from Duke and just complete the triumvirate of evil here? Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. God, I hate Duke. That's fighting words, Charity. 
I remember the the anguish that I I experienced when I had to, and I can like recreate it physically right here now. The <laughs> anguish I experienced when I had to type an email years ago for professional purposes to someone who worked at OSU, and just putting the OSU.edu on the end of the email was just mm. it, it really hurt. I have found one thing that brought me great delight regarding that school is that at the head of the Charles Regatta, their alumni team, I think, I forget if it was the eights or the fours, but one of the alumni crew teams is the alumni's with the all in capital letters and I, instead of alumni, it's (sighs) E-Y-E-S. And I was just like, you know what? I don't want to have a conversation with any of you, but kudos, like that is Excellent team naming. It is creative, at least. Yeah. (laughs) I do give their marching band credit from time to time because they do pretty great halftime shows, but that's about where my compliments end. (laughs) Yeah. You know what? We have to acknowledge when they do something well so that the fact that we hate them otherwise is okay. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. We can show that we're being fair and giving it times. And I say that I have, like, I've just been surrounded in my life somehow by Michigan people. (laughs) And it hardly ever comes up as a problem because, again, I'm from Connecticut, not really a big football place. Like, I will root for Yale versus Harvard, but, like, that's honest. That was my most strong feelings. But, but my family is from East Chicago and Elkhart, Indiana. There's a certain catholic university that oh, we boy. feel very strongly about feel very sorry for that school right now they got crushed sorry yeah <laughs> yeah oh it hasn't been it 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 goes terribly quite often but sometimes it's great and you know what it's, it's a lot more like it's a lot more fun to do than like root for yukon <laughs> yeah there's not much not much to be had there yeah <laughs> in terms yeah. of college football yeah so. So I went, I went Notre Dame. Plus, it's got the movie. It's all good. And then I remember I was on vacation with my friend Amy when UConn and Mi- when uh, Notre Dame and Michigan played. What was mm. it? Two years ago on Labor Day weekend, yeah, and she, you know, she was like, "Everyone's rooting for Michigan. Like everyone knows that, right? Blue hail, <laughs> all that stuff." And I was like, "Well, actually, I root for Notre Dame." And she was like, "Oh, like I guess that's okay." She was already getting over the fact that. One of the guys was a Nova alum, and so it is a whole thing. <laughs> and then the next, like, morning at breakfast, she sat down next to me very seriously, like, but why Notre Dame, Tierney? <laughs> <laughs> like, she was staging an intervention over our yeah. coffee. <laughs> anyway, we are talking about that, so we don't have to talk about this. Uh, um <laughs> deflecting we are deflecting so bad we are here. deflecting we are going to deflect ourselves right into henry's office where we get <laughs> to laugh hysterically at this discussion and then we'll get back to the one we don't want to talk about outside this office i love this <laughs> the again the blake hammond dynamic is it's great just beautiful and then the aid hammond dynamic and he's yelling i know <laughs> i know i love how blake's like bedding's an american institution like well <laughs> that yes. was a pretty good one yes yeah. but that's not okay <laughs> and he's so sincere and I, it's because henry <laughs> is so confused right now because he was not at this earlier conversation yeah <laughs> to he's, him, this he's is just coming like out what of absolutely nowhere 
Well, what does that say about the general that all too that like he said betting that Blake said betting too? Yeah. Like, <laughs> we run up a few bets. I mean, he, he included that. <laughs> oh man, special one of the best gimmicks we've got to keep the American way of life going. <laughs> betting football. <laughs> well, you know, and yeah, I, <laughs> I think more so today than probably back then. You know, it actually was probably one of the I actually wrote LOL next to that when I wrote a note about it because it actually did make me laugh. So it seems to have a little more relevance now than it maybe it did before. I think betting, especially sports betting being as big as it is, mm. kind of, you know, it's one of the like I was saying uh, on the uh, minute 93, I think about these, you know, terms that sometimes don't really carry over in the same way I was I, I found myself using urban dictionary a lot when referencing or looking up these minutes thinking about what some of the terms mean but in this case it's more of you know the the term betting and sports betting in particular I think becomes funnier with time because it's actually something that we do you know it's got a different connotation now with all the online draft kings and all that kind of stuff which I hate but that's my bias <laughs> uh, I agree do fantasy and I have fun with it, but I don't involve money. I prefer to play fantasy or do a March Madness bracket for the trash talk amongst my friends. <laughs> yeah, there is. I did want to. I wanted to ask too, or go back to this conversation we started last minute. I think about this this bit about sort of what it means to be legitimate army what's the phrase they use there's a, a regular um, army regular <laughs> army yeah who are these guys i mean are is is blake really regular army i mean he doesn't behave that way he behaves kind of like an idiot although he t- always talks about how he's long he's been in the military <laughs> it just doesn't yeah it doesn't feel that way that's for well sure. whoever put together the mash tv show agreed with you because yeah. in that in the tv show blake is not regular army right he is not yeah. career i can't remember why he's in charge maybe he done like rotc in college mm-hmm. but bit you know what maybe he did the deal like being an army doctor but then had been out long enough that he was no longer involved at all but yeah. that way when he went back in he was at a higher level that that would make sense well what's where that where i'm taking this is they describe Hulahan as basically regular army mm-hmm. how normal oh, yeah. was that back then i just don't know um, well, Houlihan is based on real people, real head nurses that would have been yeah. majors. We've gotten a couple shout outs to the fact that the nurses actually in these units would have been highly respected. They would have been volunteers. They would have been top of their game girls who were facing death and danger to do their job, which nursing's one of those jobs that gets talked about as a calling. And yeah. so they were saying like, you know, not that you never looked at one who had a hot body, but like the way they treat Houlihan is just off the charts, not what mm. would have happened. Even in the people who didn't really have respect for the army as a career path. Yeah. And she's a, what was her rank? Major? She's major. That's pretty high rank. Yeah. Yeah. Someone who should be treated with respect and is completely ridiculed, <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah. And uh, including in this minute, because this is a camera zoom in punchline. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, yeah. I feel you like mean we should get out lips? the uh, slide whistle or something here. <laughs> 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 I mean, that's 
and that's just the corny humor that this movie has all written all over it. And it's, again, I feel like I'm, I'm either confused about what Robert Altman's strategy is, or I'm just, maybe I have, I don't know. I don't know if there's, it's a very, it's a very disjointed feeling I get from this movie. So I'm just, um, I'm struggling <laughs> to understand it's... why this and here, you know, like why do this kind of a thing and why this why it's put together the way it is, I guess, is my problem. Yeah, and it gets used all the time because it's such a punchline moment and the camera work is good. What really kills me, and I wish it hadn't been picked up on the closed captioning, is that apparently Blake's response before he gets interrupted is, gee, I don't know. Is Does he think Hammond just told him to fraternize with his head nurse. Yeah. <sighs> like, I, on the one hand, part of my brain says, Tierney, you're obviously reading too much into it. But then, how else do you interpret that line? Yeah, she just really gets, the, I mean, she's not a likable character in any way. You know, there's nothing about her that makes me feel a whole lot of sympathy other than the fact that she gets completely ridiculed all the time. And she's harassed, obviously, in multiple ways, and it's incredibly distressing. But it's hard to like her and kind of cheer for her at the same time. And that's definitely not the kind of depiction of women we would want to see today. No, although the MASH story told from Major Houlihan's point of view, we were saying would make her more sympathetic and it would be an amazing, inspiring story. Maybe it's a whole anti-hero thing. Maybe Brian Cranston needs to be involved in this. Like, <laughs> maybe this is the Tony Soprano of oh, female goodness. nurses. <laughs> she doesn't have to be likable. Well, if we argue about women and likability, I'm going to need to start drinking. So I will instead, <laughs> like Altman, immediately cut to a joke <laughs> yes. and then move on. I love the aid. It's a helicopter, Charlie. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <sighs> it makes no sense. It is so stupid. I know, like, I don't think the you mean hot lips screw her line is funny, but I understand that it is a joke. Whereas this makes no sense. And yet it makes me laugh so hard. <laughs> <laughs> He's so mad at him. I think it's all those repressed feelings. <laughs> yeah, he's finally letting it out. He's finally showing that he really wants nothing to do with this guy. Poor guy. You're in love. We're so dear each other. And then unfortunately, we go back to outside the swamp. Oh, I like how Duke goes, uh, you know, you guys have one problem. And I just, my immediate reaction was, yo, you have more than one problem, but that's yeah. fine. <laughs> oh, mo many, many problems. Many, yes. many problems beyond the scene. And as we're going to well. find out exactly what those are right now. Oh, yes. <laughs> so. Again, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll, I'll dive in because I'm not afraid. Um, so I did look up, you know, I, I don't know that I had ever considered the meaning of our friend's nickname here. Well, he says in the next minute he used to throw the javelin. Right, yeah. She said innocently, <laughs> only ever having heard it in this context. Yeah. Knowing where you're going with this. Yeah. But <laughs> it, so I just, yeah. I'm, I don't know if I should be, like, concerned for these actors. Like, did they also, I don't, why would they do this? You know, like, why would that actor go along with that? I just don't know. 
Well, we're going to see the actor who plays Dr. Jones in the next minute. And so I will get to talk about him there. I will say this little line, he played for the 49ers. Uh, in the book, isn't it like the, e- isn't it the Eagles? So in the book, it's the Eagles. In the movie, it's the 49ers. And in Sneak Peek, real life. Dun, dun, dun. Yes. It was the Kansas City Royals. He played for someone else, too. Oh, shoot. He played for two. T- oh, uh, Raiders. Starting oh. with the Raiders. Okay. Royals are baseball. My brain is broken. It's okay. He signed with the Oakland Raiders, traded to Kansas City Chiefs. <gasps> Mahones. Anyway. um, <laughs> So we will get to talk more about Fred Williamson in the next minute. Yay. And yes, that is where we will get a little bit more discussion of... Them trying to explain <laughs> away this nickname, and we will uh, probably talk a little bit about how these idiots tried to bring it to television, oh, and then Lord. instead of <laughs> fixing the situation, just wrote his character out, never addressing anything. <sighs> you know, <sighs> Duke referring to him as that Negro boy this minute is really just the tip of this iceberg, isn't it? It <laughs> is. Yes. It is. I, in all caps, I wrote on my page, so wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the beginning. Uh, his his first name's Oliver. That's very popular these days. It's come back. It is very popular. You are right. I doubt it's because of this movie. Yeah. <laughs> all they had to do was have him go by his real name. <laughs> <laughs> Does the other, and I don't remember the character's name, there is another, he sings earlier. Does he have a nickname? Uh, Judson is just known by his last name. Okay. So I don't think he, yeah, we never get a first name for him. Which Which makes it kind of more interesting is that he's not referred to by a slang term or a derogatory term or anything. He just gets to use his last name. All they had to do was call this guy Jones. He didn't yeah. have to come with a nickname. No, he did not. So where were they going with this and why? Find out next time. <laughs> <laughs> Find out next time and or tune in to see if our heads explode. <laughs> <laughs> so we've mentioned Indiana Jones quite a bit. I know you've guessed it on Indiana Jones Minute. How did you get, I'm, I'm just curious how you got involved, because I know, like, we all listen to Star Wars Minute, and then how, how did we find you? I'm always fascinated <laughs> by how people who weren't stupid enough to start their own podcast get involved. <laughs> so the connection goes through a couple of people. So it's funny because I didn't, it's kind of, I have to kind of describe it both directions. So my awareness of the Indiana Jones Minute came because I started listening to Star Wars Minute, which I only learned about very late. It was three years ago, I think, when I was on an airplane and a guy noticed that I had a Star Wars sticker on the back of my computer and kind of chuckled. And then we started talking and he said, he made a joke. 
he noticed I had been watching Rogue One on my my computer, I think, and he made a joke and he said, oh, something about, you know, the guy in the background. And he mentioned a character name. And I'm like, who is that? And he goes, oh, you don't listen to Star Wars Minute. And I was like, what's Star Wars Minute? So it kind of opened up the door and I literally got off the plane, went to my hotel and like binge listened from November of 2016 <laughs> until I caught up to the end of the Revenge of the Sith Minutes. Um, in I think it was March. So in like five or six months, I binge listened the entire show. And midstream in that is when somehow I got an email or a contact. I think it was a Facebook contact from Pete Mummert who said that he had talked to he was I don't know if they were looking for somebody to be on the show or how it went but they were asking me to be on because they'd heard of me from Jim O'Kane which was interesting because I don't know Jim <laughs> um, like I've never met Jim to this day I know him through podcasting and Facebook and stuff now but the reason that he, Jim knew who I was is because of Hal Bryan. I met Hal probably 15 years ago. Hal was working for Microsoft at the time, working on Flight Simulator, and he was participating in a conference, which he still sometimes attends, which I am in charge of at the museum, which is a museum's conference for air and space museums around the world. And so because he's at EAA, he knew about me, and he knew that I really love Indiana Jones, because we've talked about it over the years, and that I'm a huge Star Wars fan. So it kind of just like chain reaction. I got all the way to doing the Indiana Jones thing. And so so I did that once for Last Crusade. And I think the whole being a curator thing, being a sort of historian kind of came into play with all of that. So now, now I really, like, I got to have much more relevant minutes for the current season of the show, um, which will be airing <laughs> in just the next few weeks. I had actually specifically asked for them in a conversation with the guys a while back. I think it was with Jerry, actually, when Jerry was in D.C. one time a couple year, uh, year or so ago. I said, if you guys are going to do it, when you do it, keep me in mind for these minutes, because that would be something <laughs> actually relevant to my historical <laughs> interests. Um, I don't do well with airplanes, but I can do well with things that involve large engines, um, potentially jet-powered things. Ooh, so ooh, my eyebrows um, are going crazy because <laughs> I know what you're referencing. Yeah. So I, I had, yeah, I had a little bit of background that I could rely on for my time. This time, it went much better. I think I was much more, it's much more enjoyable when you know what you're talking about. <laughs> well, I'll be very curious to see if I ever get the call again because I was on for one minute. And it was relevant to my work and study background. And it was one of my favorite moments. And it was the librarian stamp gag. And I don't know <gasps> if I will ever be invited back oh. again. Because... See, now, I still think that's a funny moment. And I would have happily done that. So you should feel <laughs> proud of yourself that you got to be that person. I regret nothing. But I will be very amused if uh, they never have me back on again. <laughs> And that's the thing is like, I, you know, I think of, okay, well, well, clearly I can, I could be on Apollo 13 minute. That made plenty of sense. I did a number mm -hmm. of those because I've got, there are great moments that are very relevant to my work. If there's ever one about the movie Space Camp, I probably could do that too. Cause there's a little bit of, a little bit of, just a little bit of overlap with what I do in my daily job now that fits with that. But any of the movies, space related movies, I think, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd, that's my that's my jam, so to speak. I I I can 
keep talking about that for a while. I've uh, never been on. I've never been on Star Wars Minute. Um, I've met the guys. They're awesome, but I would be happy to be one. <laughs> I might be too big. I might be a little bit too big of a fangirl for that, even because <laughs> uh, I'd be, the, I'd be way put too you giddy. On the bombers, be like, explain why this is wrong. No, yeah. it just occurred to me. After Megan and I finish podcasting about 11 seasons of MASH and after MASH and Walter and we die of old age. (laughs) And we're just heads in foam, right? Gotta talk about From the Earth to the Moon. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a great great series. Oh, good Lord. I love it. Yeah. It's funny. That just came up in conversation the other day because... Totally, totally not relevant to this moment, but time-wise, at least in terms of making the movie, it's a little relevant. There's um, a lot of discussion about what happens sort of in the period following around the time that this movie was released, because there's a lot of, you know, obviously this film reflects a lot of um, animosity and anger about the Vietnam War, and a lot of the astronauts who were flying in the Apollo program were of that of that age group. They were had friends who were flying missions in Vietnam, mm-hmm. and but there's not not a lot of attention paid to what happens after Apollo 11. There's a big drop off for obvious reasons. There's other things happening in the world. People are more concerned about the war than they are about spaceflight. From the Earth to the Moon really resurrects a lot of the, what happens post Apollo 11 in a really great way for a lot of a lot of stories of particular people. So it's it's one of those like thank you for doing that. You know, like I don't often <laughs> want to thank Hollywood for doing something, but that was really the right thing to do for that story of all of those missions that followed cuz they didn't they didn't get a lot of notice. So, and those are the ones that are really the interesting mm. ones. Yeah. Oh god, it's so good. Anyway, sorry. I'm all excited in Twitter now. <laughs> and I was thinking, yeah, with the timing and everything, it's just really interesting because those guys, the generational divide must have, we're going to be here all night anyway. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking of the age of the astronauts versus the people who got the funding for the pro, like, mm. it just, mm. and that's why it's, it's so funny that Robert Altman always gets lumped in with this new Hollywood and because he made an anti-Vietnam War film in 1970. And it's like, yeah, but he was also a World War II vet. So he was totally of a different generation. And just goes to show it's the person, you know, there's always going to be those people that stand out. You know, oh, here's a stereotype of your generation. And there are always going to be people who are just like, Psh. No, these kids are on to something. <laughs> there, I know there was conflict between the actors and him. I mean, I would wonder if that's what it stems from is the generational divide or and an a definite difference of opinion on this. I mean, Donald Sutherland is not Robert Altman's generation by a long shot. Yeah, I think it's more they thought Altman didn't know what he was doing. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, uh, yeah it's definitely interesting to watch the performances he was able to get out of gold and sutherland knowing that until at least halfway through the movie they were actively like this guy doesn't know what he's doing and even then they still weren't sure (laughs) (laughs) i think they just kind of decided you know at some point someone made the decision like all right we just need to do this then but it must have been such a pleasant surprise that it's like oh you know thinking about it that way it does make me appreciate the idea of the tv show in a much different way than i would before that there's a uh, and i have not watched nearly enough episodes to make a you know feel 100 percent sure of my assessment here but is it a more even treatment 
of the characters and of the stories because it's a television show and it's thought out and it's planned out in a much different way than the movie. That there's not that same conflict. Definitely toned down. I think also the fact the difference between the first few seasons while Vietnam was still going on and the later seasons as Reagan is getting elected is shocking. Hmm. And, you know, it's just the world was changing. And I also think in this day and age, what you're saying of how the TV show is planned out would be true. Yeah. I don't think it was. And I think that was part of the problem is they didn't expect it to run so long. And so they kind of were forced to do some character development or some story development that they wouldn't have otherwise, except it was just kind of like, we've got to fill the season. Like, we don't have anything for the back half. Yeah. Like, I think in one of the documentaries, don't they tell one, one of the writers said, like, we went to um, near the end, they were going back to vets and being like, well, tell us about your experiences. And they're like, oh, but we already did like six shows on that topic. Yeah. Like, they yeah, were clearly. Every, <laughs> every show, every plot line was supposedly based on something that they really got from a vet. Huh. Now, that uh, could be a very small kernel that right, sure. blossomed. <laughs> yeah. But in theory, everything can be traced back to one of the interviews they did. Yeah. Huh. And someone saying like, oh, yeah, I remember it was so cold and there was a hole in my boot. And it was this crazy drama of trying to get a replacement. And they spun a whole episode of yeah. that for Hawkeye. Yeah, and, it, and it's because the show ran so long, you know, like Tierney kind of said, it changes so much over time just based on how we were feeling as a nation, I guess you could say. Yeah. What we were and weren't willing to accept as people's names. Yeah. Yeah. On a television show running on CBS. And I sometimes wonder too if they realized it was going to run that long, if they would have let certain characters like Frank or Trapper sort of evolve more. I mean, and there was a lot of behind the scenes drama too. Instead of pushing out the actors. Right. But instead of pushing off the actors or like Mm -hmm. Henry or, well, McLean Stevenson was ready to leave anyway, but. Yeah. He wanted more money and yada, yada. Or would you have written some characters off earlier? Right. To bring in someone else, you know? Yeah. There's a lot we could question, and when we get to talking about season one, we're going to talk about Dr. Jones, and I'm going to have a lot of feelings, because that is just infuriating. Oh, I know, because he's there, and then he's, like, suddenly gone. Like, they he's don't even address just, it. But he's just, he's like, gone. He's just gone. He's just and gone. And they say it's because, well, there were no black doctors. But there oh. were a few. And you just have to bang your head against the wall because even if they believed that they were doing the historically right thing at some point someone realized they were wrong they could have brought in a new dot like yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh it's infuriating but how anyway yeah <laughs> sorry go ahead well Megan. i was gonna say how much i mean were people really studying v- uh, vietnam were people really studying korea to that extent you know really in the 70s i don't know oh as far as america's concerned this was korea <laughs> no no i know but i mean like in terms of going back and looking and you know i mean yeah they did all these interviews but the tv show was but like like, were historians, I don't know how much historians were actually really um, analyzing it, like, into and how much of stuff, too, was, like, declassified and, you know. Oh, some of that stuff's still not declassified. Yeah, that's, that's true. That's so super yeah. crazy about but it. But you'd think facts like that if you go looking for that information. I mean, you'd think, but they were black. I don't know. There's this very cynical part of me that goes, like, how much is racism or not even intentional, like, intentionally racism, but just sort of, like, you know, people not that's thinking true. outside the box, maybe, or... 
Yeah, I'm not. I don't know. know. I'm trying to think about what I know about black pilots in the military. I mean, they go back to World War II. Oh, yeah. That's not uncommon. African-American doctors would be a harder one to figure out. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I'm not claiming that they ignored 50% of the workforce. Oh, no, I'm right. just saying. Yeah. I mean, because right. there is that whole episode, too, of of MASH, I, maybe like mid halfway through, where um, there's a black, the is blood. it a blood? Yeah, the blood episode. The blood episode. <laughs> Yeah, where, you know, there's... there's a, I love you, Megan. The blood episode, <laughs> where you find out that, you know, somebody's like, oh, I don't want blood. This white soldier, like, doesn't want blood from a black guy because, you know, oh, you know, boogity boogity. Mm-hmm. And um, comes to find out that, the A, that's what is why you're alive at the moment. So, like, cut the crap out. But, also, and, like, it doesn't make that much of a difference. And also that the doctor who came up with blood transfusions who made it successful like didn't he die in a car accident is that actually true am i making that up is that because he couldn't be treated because he couldn't be treated right oh boy because he was the wrong color for that hospital yeah i don't remember what that episode's actually called it's not called the blood episode (laughs) don't don't uh don't And yet, I knew exactly. <laughs> right, you're what like, you're like, you got I'm dirty nose. <laughs> anyway, yeah, that um, it's just one of those things. And I honestly think when they wrote Jones off the TV show, they thought they were doing the right thing. Yeah, they thought they had made a mistake and they needed to change it. And I understand that that could have happened, but I don't understand how if you went looking for the information, you didn't realize you'd gotten it wrong. <laughs> hmm. Maybe that is me sitting here in the 21st century, but I would like to think that people could have done a little bit better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, it's one thing that we uh, we take for granted is our ability to just pull up Google and go, okay, well, you know, it is, you know, the way in which we use and compile information has changed so much since that time. Hell, there weren't even computers like we think of them now in 1969 and 70. It's just, it's crazy to think about that and to think about the fact that it's so, we take it for granted in a lot of ways, but we also put maybe a little too much faith in it too. So that'd be your question about how we're historians of say 1969 or 1970, looking back at the Korean War. I mean, it's still really fresh. You know, most of them are probably, you know, if if they were college students in the late 40s, you know, they're still somewhat early in their career. So their impression of it would be would be influenced by how they personally experienced it. So there's not so much until the 1980s, a movement in historical circles towards looking at social history, which is really where you get into things like looking at African-American history Mm, and histories of certain cultures and things like that, or treating those issues um, and those of, say, like people who are poor or farmers or, you know, like different, the non-elites, basically. So you've got, there's a little bit of lag time still until you get to when people are really chronicling those stories, which makes it obviously increasingly difficult for us to do it today because it takes so long to really kind of secure evidence about those times. Some of the statistics are there, some of that material is there, especially in a military context, it's probably reasonably available, but I don't know how much it would really have. So yeah, so like in the late 70s, if they're making a decision to write a black character out of the show because they think it's probably that way, may not really be as informed as it should be or should have been or could have been. Put that in your funkin' wagnalls and smoke it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and Terry, the episode is Dear Dad 3. So it's actually oh. season two. It was a okay. lot earlier than I thought it was. 
Oh, so we'll be podcasting about that in no time. (laughs) (laughs) I love the Dear Dad episodes. They're so good. Look, I paid for the mashminute.com domain, so people better go visit it. (laughs) I'm not quite as bad as Star Wars Minute where I buy all the dot-coms, but I got that one. Dang it. Dang it. (laughs) So, yeah, you can find us at mashminute.com. We're on social media. The usual places you would expect we have a facebook group called the mash minute post app listeners ward it's the same idea as the star wars minute listener society or the indiana jones minute listeners crusade these are closed facebook groups where cool people talk about cool movies or in our case movies that make us laugh and also make us have a lot of questions and also we compare them to the tv show did I encapsulate our brand well, Megan? I think so. <laughs> yes. You could also potentially find us on a iPhone in an Apple store if Tyranny's gone there. <laughs> and uh, and uh, added it to the podcast app. <laughs> I Some love that picture. Some lucky person just scrawling through, just, just seeing how the new iPhone Can you imagine reacts? if that's how someone gets introduced to the minute-by-minute format? They're like, what the hell is this? And then, like, get down the rabbit hole. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome. You're- We're all mad here. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, we will be back tomorrow with more. Is it tomorrow? These are the things I should check before I say that. It is. Ta-da! <laughs> <laughs>